0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: Welcome to this week's episode of The West of the Rest. I am Brandon Huffman with 247 Sports, and in place of my co-host, Blair Angulo, we welcome the GOAT of West Coast Recruiting, Greg Biggins. Greg, good to have you on.
2: Good to have you on, Huff. And I have a feeling, you know, a little Wally Pip, Lou Gehrig situation might be happening right now. You know what I'm saying? Loyal listeners, this might be the last time you ever hear Blair Goodlow's voice on this podcast. It's going to be the Huff and GB
1: show from here on out. Sorry, Blair. Blair, it was good being a partner with you, but you know what? Wally Pip is still being talked about 100 years later for being replaced, at least for this episode I mean, it's, I mean, it's
2: only natural. You and I have been together for 25 years. Blair's kind of a newbie, you know what I mean? Never really paid his dues that much. No, I'm kidding. You don't have much love for you. It's uh, I was gonna it's, say it's a uh, it's a it's a privilege to be able to walk in your shoes for this one week.
1: His flip flops. He's standing his flip flops. <laughs> uh, speaking of flip flops, we have seen quite a bit of flip flops No, we haven't. There has not been any flip flopping yet. It's only May. But what we did see this week was a couple of significant quarterback developments. Obviously, the, the most significant in the 2024 class, Dylan Raiola, committing to Ohio State University, uh, the number one player in the West and the country in the 2024 class. But then in the 2023 class. That's a little bit more relevant to the immediacy. That's Jaden Rashad of the five-star quarterback out of Pittsburgh. He took a much-anticipated unofficial visit to Oregon. Now, Greg, we've been following Jaden. Jaden, we saw him, or I saw him about a month ago. You saw him a couple weeks ago at the Elite 11. We were so hoping to see him this weekend at the uh, Elite Underclassmen Combine by ESPN, which he did make it to because he was on that visit to big Oregon. Big-time best. Big-time best, Jaden, that, that was hurtful. Now, we, we forgive you. We know this visit was big. But you know, first you know you have Jaden taking that visit. Obviously, Oregon is kind of hoping to to keep him in the Pac footprint. But then at the same time, we'll talk about this guy a little bit. Later in the show, they are still kind of looking at a backup plan, offering eight Childs this week out of townie High School. But Jaden kind of holds the cards here with a lot of schools.
2: Obviously, nobody knows Jaden like you do, so correct me if I'm wrong. I think Oregon's got a great shot, but for whatever reason, I don't know why he feels this way, maybe just a gut. I just get, get kind of a weird, like an SEC vibe out of Jaden. And again, I can't explain why. Don't ask me why, I don't know why. It's just, that's just kind of a vibe I get. It could be Ole Miss, who just offered his brother. They have another quarterback, yes, but no disrespect to him. Uh, I think Jaden is probably uh, the top guy on the board for the Rebels. Obviously, LSU is a visit. A&M is a visit. And then, like I said, locally, Oregon is in the mix. And it doesn't seem like he's in any hurry, you know, right now. I just kind of casually said, hey, what about Florida? He goes, ah, sure, if they want to come talk about this. And it just seems like instead of maybe narrowing that list, he's welcoming and open to adding more schools if he if he feels led by
1: the Holy Spirit. It kind of feels like you know he's got leverage and mm-hmm. you might as well take your time until you know for sure interestingly enough his brother released the top three this last weekend it included Virginia Tech which is one of the newest offers they have not offered Jaden but Ole Miss and Miami were also on that top three so is that an indication that maybe they're a package deal they want to go play together in college do Ole Miss and Miami now have a better chance hard to say he could be wanting to go and play on his own path but I think this unofficial visit to Oregon this weekend certainly is going to give the Ducks a chance after having Dante Moore on campus two weeks ago for an official visit to get Jaden on campus for an unofficial so I think both those guys kind of, you know, obviously Arch Manning holds the ultimate cards, but from a West Coast standpoint, it's clear that Jaden has a shot. So let me let me ask you the question. You kind of brought it
2: up, but again, you know this family. Are they a package deal? Are the brothers, how close are they? And you kind of glossed over it, but like, is there a sincere interest in those two playing together right now as a college teammates in a couple years?
1: I mean, I'm sure there's interest. I'm not sure how sincere it is. And I think part of that was measured by, remember, Roman was committed to BYU for a while, and and even though he ultimately decommitted, Jaden never really pursued BYU all that much. He did have an offer from Washington. Jaden came up, took an unofficial visit the same weekend that Roman took his official. So I don't know that it's going to be any kind of determining factor, but we can read into it. What it does say is that old Miss and Miami sure a sec is trying to get them both. and Maybe that entices Jaden to follow his older brother. Maybe that's the route he goes. Following up on my earlier you know, gut feel, I
2: didn't, I didn't get a, a strong Miami gut feel. The last time I spoke to Jaden, I mentioned SEC. You mentioned bottech not a factor.
1: So, I mean, what's the common denominator school, it would be Ole Miss right now. That was the first and only official visit he's taken this cycle is to Ole Miss. So, whether he takes any other officials in the month of June remains to be seen. I don't see him taking this all the way out to the fall. I think we'll have a decision before then. But the official visits have to be done by the end of June. So, maybe that's why he's getting on the unofficials to make sure he at least gets a chance to see these schools before he makes a decision. But it definitely is going to be fascinating to watch. Again, Bun. We didn't get to see him today at the camp. But, you know, he's still giving us something to talk about with his <laughs> He's dude. a talent, dude. Like, I mean, he can absolutely rip it. Like, I, I, I don't know. I
2: didn't think it was that controversial, but I've gotten so many people who hit me up after the fact. But, you know, Vegas League 11, I said, I think tools wise, he takes a back seat to nobody. And people turned that and said, hey, so I heard you say Jason's the number one quarterback in the country. Hmm. I didn't necessarily say that. I just said from a tool standpoint, mechanically, he's very, very good. Teaching tape. In terms of the feet, balance, the way he throws the ball, the release is tight, spins it every time, he's accurate his armor straw, you can change speeds and you know, that Vegas Elite 11 was really good. Eli Holstein was there. Malachi Nelson was there. Pierce Clarkson was there. Those four got locked in. Jay was my number one guy for that camp. And So, whoever does land him huff is getting a guy who's, you know, not really mentioned as one of the elite, elite guys,
1: but, like, man, he's dang good. I've said before that I don't think the gap between him and the big three is as big as our rankings make show, sure. and I think the offseason that he's had, the continued development, you're going to see him be much, much closer to that top three and in the conversation for the number one overall player. Well, talk more about some of the other top players in the northwest and northern california that we saw this weekend but sitting in for blair angulo this week is greg biggins national recruiting analyst analyst but the goat thats what i do Uh, i just analyze stuff (laughs) i edit it or (laughs) editorialize stuff Uh, we will be back in a moment to break down this past weekend's espn camp but you're listening to the west of the rest All right, welcome back to the West of the Rest podcast. Again, sitting in for my normal co-host Blair Angulo is the greatest of all time. No, it is not Kobe Bryant. He's the greatest of all time. <laughs> it is not Tom Brady. It is not Mike Trout. It is the greatest recruiting huff uh, guy in the history of. Stop this, Greg Williams. I, you're being condescending. <laughs>
2: I'm not. There's only one of us in this car. We're in a truck right now. It's a really nice truck. Very nice truck, by the way rental car the, the words we use, half milli or milli, applied only to one of
1: us. And that would be you. So, but remember, uh, Greg, you never ride. subscribed to anything I wrote. I subscribed to what you wrote for a number of years. I didn't need to subscribe because when you started rising up, I already had, you know, I already had subscriptions, everything. <laughs> you know, thankfully for those people who feed us subs, um, you know who you are out yes. there. Those are the sub, Subs we can eat subs. We appreciate you, uh, Greg. This past weekend, we got a chance to get up to Oakland to Skyline High School and the house that Tom Hanks built. I was yesterday years old when I learned that Tom Hanks with the Skyline. It was only because our hotel had a little sign that says Tom Hanks with the Skyline. So, you know, Forrest Gump's alma mater. Yes, sir. Skyline High School, the first and the second camp is part of the Under Armour kind of umbrella for the first ESPN 300 underclass elite combine. Uh, and it was a good showing. Yes, uh, it was. Again, disappointing that Jaden Rashad, <laughs> we knew it was going to be a stretch with the unofficial visit, but... After him, you had the number one player in the state of Utah there in Tosili Akana. The number one player in the state of Idaho in Kenyon City. Both are top 247 guys. And then you had five of the next top six players in Northern California there. After Jaden Rashada, Jurion Dickey, Rico Flores, Walker Lyons, Blake Nicholson, and Cooper Flanagan. Our alpha was Dreon Dickey, the... Top 100 receiver out of the San Jose Valley Christian High School in San Jose, headed to Oregon, committed to Oregon earlier this month. We've seen him in a number of events over the last couple of years, but I think it's safe to say this is probably his best overall performance.
2: I mean, try to find the weakness in his game, Huff. Would you, I mean, he's got a rocked out 6-2 body. He's a physical kid. I mean, he wants you to try to press him, right? He wants to bully you at the last scrimmage, extremely quick, getting in and out of his breaks, he's got the short initial burst, he's got the long speed to get deep, strong, powerful hands, catches the ball well through contact, you can't really hold him, because I mentioned the physicality, he wants that, he embraces that contact, I, I I literally, he's competitive, I mean, why was he even here? Because you asked him to come, but otherwise, like, he has nothing to prove, again, I, I'd i love to try to find nitpicks with certain players, quarterback, D tackle whatever, everyone always has something you can work on, Right? I can't find the
1: weakness in his game yeah, he's legit and you know the other MVP in that group that's committed as well as Cooper Flanagan out of Notre Dame out of De La Salle uh, but you mentioned it with Drew I, you know, he's committed to Oregon he's already been locked into an all-American game he is a you know top 100 player nationally and he just wanted to get that work in he came and wanted to get that work in there's something to be said about that 100%. especially in this day and age we see some guys not do any camps
2: and I was talking to Craig Halbert who puts this camp together along with Billy Tucker and Brendan Huffman like in my years I I've had a lot of a lot of event experience, Nike Camp days, doing the camps. You know, and even you know we both seen All American games. And I'll tell you what, I would love to have tracked it, but there's those kids who kind of run away from competition. Maybe they go to an event, but they don't want to work out; they want to watch. Or they go to an All American game, and they suddenly have a hamstring issue, and throughout you know they got the free trip to Hawaii. Oh yeah the free trip to Texas, the free trip to Orlando, Florida, those are the guys who totally pan out, huh? it's And It's all under that same umbrella of maybe not being super competitive, maybe not loving football, and I'm not saying you have to go to everything. I'm just saying it is very cool that a guy like Jurion, who's already committed to a college and an All-American game, nothing to prove, is still out there, and he took as many reps. He wasn't just there, you know, kind of cataloging it either. I mean, he, did, he tested, right? Did only five to test.
1: Yeah, did all five testing. did all five testing, took a ton of reps and absolutely lights out speaking of a guy who you know didn't necessarily need to be there we saw him last year at this event in southern california rico flores from folsom high school he was the other receiver mvp Uh, but rico had a big week too where he narrowed his schools down to top three Notre dame georgia ohio state greg this is the second time you've seen rico in the last three weeks and you're definitely seeing him you know really take his game up a notch and I know you talked to him a little bit, too, about his recruitment. Uh, you know, What were your thoughts about him today, just from a competitive standpoint, and anything that you kind of read from his talk with him about recruiting?
2: Yeah, no, so I, I know you're in the same boat. You know, so much that we talked with, with Weaker about was off the record, so I don't even know what I'm allowed to say, so I'm not going to say anything. Um, you know, George, Ohio State, Notre Dame, he's got official visits to all three schools, just boom, boom, boom. Uh, Notre Dame was the first one, and I don't remember the date, was like June, whatever it was. And then it's, the next weekend is the one, the next weekend is the other one. Again, I got brain fog, but it's just boom, 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 July 3rd the commendment date and um Maybe I hope. Hopefully, we're not not saying too much. Just you know, Midwest vibe, right? Mm-hmm. But in terms of just physically watching him, you know, I, I will go back not even to the passing down, but maybe going back to last year's UA camp, I see a considerable improvement in terms of his burst, his quickness, and his speed. He didn't test today. It would have been fun to kind of see what kind of numbers he can put up. He did not test, but
1: he just looks like a faster, more explosive kid to me. His teammate Walker Lyons, another guy who he's already narrowed down to a top six, but now he's starting to get some official business locked in. Uh, Walker Looks really good up until about halfway through the camp, and he tweaked something, so he kind of sat to the side for the last 30 minutes, but he was competing, too. He was out there competitive. He's got a top six that includes Alabama, uh, Ohio State, where he's taken an unofficial visit to Ohio State for their spring game, went to Alabama for a game last fall, and then three Pac-12 schools, Utah, Stanford, and USC, which are all set to get uh, official visits, and then BYU, which is also set to get an official visit. He mentioned today that the plan is for him to serve his LDS mission. He graduates in December. He'll serve his LDS mission starting in January. He won't actually enroll anywhere until the summer of 2024. Uh, but there's about six schools there that are still in the mix for him. But I know you got a chance to see Walker early on or he tweaked himself. And then Cooper Flanagan mm-hmm. being the Notre Dame commit Dallas South, who plays on a run-heavy offense. In fact, Craig said after the event, you mentioned Craig Hubbard earlier, this is the best tight end group that he's seen a while in. And Walker and Cooper, I thought, really kind of separated themselves from a very loaded group.
2: Yeah, no, it's funny. They're kind of similar and, like, they they're, they have the same jersey number, but one different number, right? Again, brain fog, it was, like, 71 and 72.
1: 51 and 52.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, it was 20 off by 20 digits, but whatever. You, you know what I'm trying to say. There was not one and a two, but, like, very similar in, in terms of their frame. Probably got to be within a half inch in terms of the tallness. Their bodies are very – they're kind of old-school tight ends. And when I, when I say that, I mean they're not these hybrid receivers who are 2'10", who are more like receivers. These guys are, you know, three-down tight ends. They're going to be, you know, blocking at the inline – but also have the ability to get out and be a pass catcher. Obviously, you come out of De South, you're gonna be extremely, extremely tough and competitive, and shoot, Folsom is legit. Like, they are such a great football program. I have so much respect for them. And so, two guys who are gonna go into college,
1: and they're both, you know, again, having that experience, being at a high-level high school, just. I understand how to play the game, technically sound, mechanically
2: sound, catch the ball, run, block,
1: be tough, be physical, be competitive—all that good stuff. Uh, I like both of them. It was a strong group of, you know, tight ends like we mentioned. A couple of guys, guys from Idaho that caught our eyes: C.J. Jacobson out of a mountain, or out of Rocky Mountain in Meridian, and then Zach Johnson from Lake City, Idaho. But it wasn't just the 2023s that impressed. And in fact, the best, in our opinion, offensive lineman there was a 2024 DeAndre Carter out of modern day High School in Southern California. Quarterback MVP one of the quarterback MVPs was Austin Mack out of Folsom who'll be throwing the ball to Rico and Walker Lions and then the DB one of the DB MVPs was Timothy Mitchell out of Central Catholic in Portland and so what you have there is you have two guys that played on state championship teams in their respective states at the highest level started as sophomores so they're used to competing they're used to you know going up against guys older than them and making a contribution and then with Austin Mack you know Folsom made it to the state championship game he took over for a game when their starting quarterback got injured early in the season but he'll really be the starter at full so moving forward in 2023 or 22 and 23 but you know before we got to the to the receiver DB quarterback segment DeAndre Carter was training towards being our alpha and then you know Jurion just took it up yeah, a notch yeah. but I know you've watched a ton of DeAndre I know you just saw him this last week at the modern day showcase but you're know, watching him today there's still kind of this useful jovialness uh-huh. to him but he's a mean little son of a gun when he gets out there and starts blocking people
2: hey, talk about flipping the switch right I mean can I use the word adorable hmm? to describe the guy with the giggles He's a very giggly kid, huge smile, beautiful human being. But like most modern-day players, they play with a, a, a high level of anger. And he's able to flip the switch and be physical and tough. And honestly, I I think one of the reasons that, you know, he wasn't MVP, when it hurts, you know, linemen is they only take a couple of reps. Whereas receiver DVs, they go for a half hour straight, rep after rep after rep. So uh, DeAndre's wins were as impressive as anybody else's wins. It was just kind of a smaller sample size. But I mean, for a guy who's 350, maybe 360, he carries it really well. Left tackle for modern day, probably projects as a right tackle at that next level. But, you know, he, he's always been dominant. You mentioned the Idaho players. We got to mention on the, I don't think he did, Kenyon Sadiq. Yes. Oh my god, you've seen him before? I haven't. So for me, like this guy looks like a college player right now. I mean, I was I was so impressed. And again, I've been following him through you and, and the track times. I love track and 10-8. But dude, this guy I don't know. I asked him what his height weight was. He didn't know. But he looks like he's all up. Maybe six two. Yeah, Major 6'2"? six
1: two fifteen. In fact, 10? he measured six t- two two sixteen. I had an unofficial visit to Utah last month, so I didn't even know. You're right there. I, mean, I, almost, I almost I almost hit it on the money. Impressive. Like dude, he and there's
2: he's got to be less than. Are right at 5% body fat. I mean, he is jacked, he's chiseled, but he's not stiff. Oh. When he's running, you mentioned he got a little bit of a hammy earlier today, kind of had to shut it down, but just watching him, good gosh. Uh, and I think and the cool thing was, you know, I, I was listening to people talk about like, your peers, your other receivers in the group. Like, man, that's the guy from Idaho. <laughs> so, like, if you're from Idaho, you got to be doing something right for people to be talking about you. And, and he, dude, this guy looks like he's, you know, from the South, right? Georgia, Florida, that's the kind of body this kid has, a special talent.
1: You know, it was interesting because we mentioned that the MVPs, the, the other classmen are at programs that are consistently strong, uh, but Folsom High School mm-hmm. was with, with the MVP in terms of, they have three positional MVPs today with Rico Flores, with Austin Mack, and with Joseph Chavez, uh, who was the other DB MVP. So a lot for Paul Doherty, the, the head coach of Folsom, to look forward to with his staff, with his squad this year. Uh, you know, Greg, just kind of to, to put our wrapping on it, you know, we're getting to that time of the year now where the, the camp circuit's starting to shut down. Uh, we got the, the same event next week in Las Vegas, but you know, to, to wrap it, you got to get to Mater Dei and St. John Bosco this week. And those are the two programs that are the most synonymous with top recruits in the state of California, and even nationally. Two years ago, they had the number one and number two player in the country in their respective in that class. Just a couple quick takeaways that you need mm-hmm. to close it out from Day or Bosco.
2: I would say the big takeaway is Lyman. You, know, you go to I went to a bunch of schools, and every coach said the same thing. Chad Johnson said the same thing. Mission Vijo, high level program, probably top ten in the state. Man, if we
1: had one more tackle, if we had one more guard and you go to modern in moscow and literally you walk in and you
2: immediately see about 15 guys that are all dudes and that's that's the biggest takeaway and you know modern day they lost to Servite in a seven-on-seven. Seven. Servite's a little bit down. Bosco ended up winning, but like if you watch those two teams in, in seven-on-play, yeah, they're going to be impressive. But the reason why they win is because they are so dominant up front on both sides of the ball. Last year, watching Bosco play East St. Louis, who had probably the biggest O-line I've ever seen in my life, and Bosco dominated them up front. Um, you go watch you know, Marde play; he was Duncanville, Texas. You know, you, you want to find men among men, you go to Texas, right? And Marte was dominant up front, and it's not just their, you know, Jonathan Carter's Brandon Bakers, or if you were at Bosco, um, you know, Raymond Polito or Sean Na'a. They have a group of eighth graders that are coming up. They have five or six freshmen on both sides that are big, strong. And the thing that blows me away is they are so mechanically, technically sound with the feet. Like, they already, they're already, already coached up. And I think the level of O-line coaching they get at those two schools is uh, it really separates them. So, yeah, my big takeaway from walking away from Bosco and, and modern Day was just, dude, they're not going anywhere because you went up front and they are loaded with 10 deep and they're all young, I think an 8th graders coming in So get used to it
1: Those two teams are going to be good for a long time Well, Greg, you've been doing this a long time And you plan to keep doing this for a long time And I'll be reading you <laughs> I'm hoping to join your podcast in about 30 years from now But it was an absolute treat having you on the show I, I appreciate you And it's funny you came behind me, but yet
2: you surpassed me. And now I'm the one looking at you. I'm a guest on your (laughs) podcast. Nonsense. I'm on your show. You and National and Blair, wherever you're at, if you're going to listen to this, thank you for allowing me to fill your guy's shoes. It's always a good, fun for me to be part of the the rest of the best. Rest of the rest. Rest of the rest. I never understood that name. When when you went
1: national, oh gosh. When you went national and you stuck Blair and I to just do a a lowly little humble regional podcast, it was easy for you to forget. Rest of the rest. West of west. the rest. West? Yeah, we're the west of the rest.
2: I just feel like it's backward. Well, it just doesn't make any, I don't get You're it. west of the rest of the country. Okay. So if you, it, it works good. Yep. It really does. I got you. This is
1: why you don't, you mock our title. It's a one-time deal for me. So we are pleased to be joined by Greg Vegas making us first and his last <laughs> appearance on the West of the Rest. Larry Angulo will be back next week. He and I will be talking about this va- the same event in Las Vegas and Maybe another week of where we're and Rashad to be going. For Greg Biggins, Blair Angulo, I'm Brandon Huffman. Thanks for listening.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or...